Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, welcome back to the Coaches Panel. You've got MJ with you as we work through who I believe are the 50 most relevant players across Supercoach, AFL Fantasy and Dream Team for the year 2021. Into the 30s at number 38, it is the co-captain of the Carlton Football Club, Patrick Cripps. He's a lot lower than what he's been on the 50 most relevant for the last few years. Why? Well, we'll talk about that with our special guest from the Draft Doctors. I've got Statesman back. Hello, mate. How are you? Very good, MJ. Loving it. Got to be happy. It's starting to get that sort of time of the year where you're just starting to do the research and it's the most exciting time of the year, to be honest. Yeah, I'm really, really loving it. Of course, if you want to check out what he and the rest of the gang at the Draft Doctors are doing, you can go and check them out across social media. they got weekly podcasts. It's ranking season for them at the moment. So if you are a draft player, they're going through the rankings of every single line. And then over the next couple of weeks, the guys have got some great resources coming up for you. The Mock Draft Simulator later where you can have a little bit of a play ahead of draft day try different strategies and plans and positions of drafting and their annual draft kit honestly it is a must buy if you are a draft player regardless of the format let's talk about patrick cripps it was a little bit of an interesting season for him thankfully there are some reasons for it his best score last year was a 99 in afl fantasy that was against the cats that's not an adjusted score that's what he actually delivered much much higher if you'd like to multiply that times 1.25 while in Supercoach, still a nice bit of ceiling from him against the hawks it was a 149 from a career perspective both of them came from his 2019 season where he delivered a 163 against the Gold Coast Suns and then where he single-handedly beat Brisbane with a 194. Based on his averages, it's a little low on what he's done the past few years, but the good news for that, there is some value for us. A 97.5 in Supercoach, a 75.2 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. If you want to know what he's been uh, averaged up to and adjusted in AFL Fantasy, it's just over a 92. In those formats, well, he's going to set you back just over 520,000 in Supercoach and just a little bit under 700,000 for you in AFL Dream Team. While in AFL Fantasy, Patrick Cripps is going to set you back just under seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and statesman. It was there was moments in the year with Patrick Cripps where you're like, this guy's flying again. He's a gun, and I love him. And then there's some moments, maybe like the final round of the year, where he got subbed out pretty much of the game at halftime with an injury. They also just had some inconsistent moments, albeit with reasons. But he is that sort of player that when he's on fire, you just love owning him. And then when that attention comes to him. Gosh, he, he really does have some big scoring deviation in those moments. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think that's the one thing that may change in the future is the, the lifting of that floor because there's no doubt it's been um, Paddy and no one else at that footy club for quite a while. I think that's changing. There's a changing of the guard happening. Yeah. And it's, it's taken probably a little bit too long for him. He's 25 years of age now. He's been carrying him on the shoulders for quite a while. But... Uh, the the time on ground this year was actually quite low. So I don't know if he was managing other situations. So we're talking the average in shortened games, 
uh, only 84% time on ground. So to me, that's uh, an interesting thing. And and to be honest, I'm I'm very hot on Paddy this year. And there's a couple yeah. of reasons for it. But you, I think we just, with Paddy, uh, I don't know whether he's carrying a few things um, or just all the opposition players in some games uh, felt like he wasn't being left alone at all. Um, but this is his lowest averaging year um, out of his past six seasons. So yeah. we're actually talking, he only just got over his second season average. So his first year only got three games, average 36. And second year had a breakout for, for us fantasy players for, for salary yeah. cap. Um, and this year only scraped just over that. So it's quite remarkable how long ago it seems like he was going to be a 110 player. So 2018, mm. 22 games and 109.3 was his average in, in 2018. And I think he's capable of getting back up there. Yeah, well, I agree. You look at what he's been able to deliver over a long period of time. It's something we've mentioned numerous times already in the 50 most relevant is recency bias. Again, there's some benefits to doing that where you see some trends and some things that give you good signs. And then also it makes you pivot away from players that have got this history of incredible scoring. The past few years, he's got averages of 101, 109, 98, and 99 in Dream Team and Fantasy all prior to this season of 2020. While in Supercoach, 117, 119, 97, 107 with a few years before that. And so certainly he's got the runs on the board to suggest he's that 110 plus super coach guy, maybe even closer to 120 while in dream team and AFL fantasy, he looks like he's that safe hundred guy with the potential that he could push right up to that 110 ceiling like he did, as you mentioned, those few years ago. Last year, if you do want to dive into the numbers, just in Dream Team and Fantasy, no tons. But again, remember, the shortened quarters in this year did impact a lot of what we saw for the ceiling of those big hundreds from players. But he did have five additional scores of 90 plus, three more above 80. And again, 80 was kind of the new ton when it came in AFL Fantasy uh, last year. So really... Eight of his 17 games, 80-plus scores. So it's more than handy enough for us through there. While in Supercoach, eight tons, three of them over 120, and a further three 90-plus scores. Again, quite a fair way back off what he delivered just the year prior. In that year, um, he had 13 games in Supercoach where he scored 100 or more. Nine of them were over 120. And he finished the year in that format with an average of 117. While for Dream Team and Fantasy in 2019, 10 tons. Six times he was able to deliver that nice ceiling of 120 plus, And he averaged that 101. The, the good news is, without diving too deep into the numbers states, when it looks like we've got some inbuilt value because he played every game in the year, which is pretty impressive given the condensed fixture for a guy that's had some injury concerns, some heavy knocks through the shoulders and through the knees. Cause as you said, he's carrying 21 other blokes at times on his shoulders, but he played every game through the condensed fixture. You could say there's 10 points of value right there in fantasy and anywhere between 20 to 25 points a game of value in super coach. Do we need inbuilt value in players this year, given there is the potential to struggle for the amount of cash cows we need to get that full on-field scoring? Yeah, well, I think the first thing you need to do when you're building your team is actually look for the value because the value helps you build and actually buy some more premium. So mm -hmm. if you can get underpriced premium, they are gold. Now, this is 
And that's why I made the point that this is his worst season in six years. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Mm. And as you say, banged up, there was there was a point where he was suspected to have some sort of knee injury. Yeah. Um, he, he survived the week and played the next week. His scores were a bit low. He must have been struggling with it. If he has an injury-free season, which um, you'd say is a, is a high possibility, then he is about 10% of what he... Uh, 10 points below what he should do and about 17 to 18 below what he could do. So it's the key point of whether he is that sort of borderline. He's anywhere between 7 and 12 in the highest scoring midfielders if most things go as they should. So he's the borderline of going, he may actually be a keeper, but he's also under price. So therefore, you actually get a really good buy and then you end up having someone that can stay there the whole season. I think quite a few people would have been burnt and we're talking the last two previous years, the 109 and the, mm. the 101, um, they would be quite happy that they were buying a Patrick Cripps, and I was one of those, at a cheaper price last year and then only yeah. came out with a low 90s average. So they would have been annoyed with that. I think this is actually where the value really is. Because of that, uh, there will be a lot of people that just stay away from Patrick Cripps because they'll be thinking about the tag and thinking about yeah. the body and going, I've been burnt by him. This is when it becomes very good value. It's a very interesting value. That injury you mentioned, that knee was at the end of that round 14 game and then limped his way through. And then uh, if you've been following some of the offseason, he ended up getting a shoulder reconstruction late in September. Again, the positive of a shoulder reconstruction is it means all the aerobic and the endurance side of their work can still be done through the early part of the preseason. We saw that with Clayton Oliver over a previous few preseasons where, yep, he might not be able to do as much of the contact work through January and maybe even into bits of February, but the most important part of the preseason is what at this point? Making sure they're fit, that tank is being built, that they're healthy, and that everything that from the Carlton Football Club right now is suggesting that. Um, you did bring up this interesting point about that value that's inbuilt through there. Um, but also there's been some big new inclusions into that Carlton footy side. I'm keen to get your take on what that actually means. Adam Saad's going to take some of that more defensive run and carry support through there. Again, not an immediate obvious impact for Crips, but it's there. It's an important to make sure we do. And then there's two really important players, maybe three. One is the inclusion of kind of a second touch player in Zach Williams that they want to play through the midfield. And then Walsh developing into that third year, and that additional inside support in Setterfield. Do these three midfielders, does this help or hurt the scoring potential of Patrick Cripps? Uh, it only helps. And I'd say the thing that holds Patrick or has held Patrick back, even in the years where he was getting 100-plus, was the amount of attention that went to him. And the reason why the attention went to Patrick Cripps was there was no one else to give attention to. That's yeah. what it ended up being. You saw a little bit at the back end of this year where Doherty actually started to get some attention because he had a really good start to the year. Mm. So that's, in a way, that's a positive sign. You got Doherty back, so all of a sudden they're going to look at him. 
uh, you'll actually have Saad, who at times Essendon saw that he got attention. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've got uh, who is potentially an elite line-breaking midfielder in Zach Williams. We never saw enough of him in the midfield at GWS yeah. just because of the amount of talent they had. Um, so he never got attention there. But they're going to be the type of people that all of a sudden that opposition are going to start looking at going, they're hurting us. Mm. And and Sam Walsh's development, um, he had a slow start to 2020, but he really finished off well. Yeah, flew home, yeah. Yeah, and, and it showed us of how good he is going to be. And so, therefore, all of a sudden, rolling into his third year, which is normally most players' breakout season, and that's not just fantasy scoring. That is, they're coming into their own. They've had three pre-seasons. They're getting well prepared. They understand their role. They're confident about that role. And I don't think there's been any um, dispute about that, even in his first and second season. Then all of a sudden, opposition going to start taking notice. And I think this is the key thing for Paddy, that at the end of the day, there's all of a sudden five other players in that team that deserves some attention. Jack Martin may even be another so, so all of a sudden, it's not on Patrick Cripps. Yeah, it's it's a very, very interesting point. I, I'm curious to get your take on, on two things. One's a very super coach relevant position and the other's an, an AFL fantasy one. When it comes to looking at that starting squad, we've alluded a number of times about that starting squad value. He's 200,000 cheaper than Lockie Neal. Now, I know Lockie Neal's a, a superstar of the game, Brownlow medal. But when you do talk about how we build that starting squad, it's the equivalent of going, can you go a Lockie Neal and let's pick up, you know, let's pick Patrick Cripps' teammate in Brody Kemp, at, you know, at a basement price rookie. It's the equivalent of those two pairings as opposed to maybe a Haightley and a Cripps, and a Cripps uh, as a pairing for a pretty much similar price. Do you feel like, is that the sort of way people should be considering the year? Now, again, Neil's probably a little bit more of a consistent captaincy option, more weeks than not for Cribs um, over the past sort of 12 months. But is that the sort of value we should be looking for, that top-tier premium mid-basement cow and a little bit of value in both? Or is that a wrong mindset to pursue? No, it's a perfect mindset. And I'll give you a hot take. I, I believe that the point difference between Lockie Neil... Uh, and Patrick Cripps for 2021, if we play full game, full season, mm. will be five points max. Wow. Yeah. So there's $200,000 for the extra five points. Um, and you only have to look at their history. Um, uh, you think most years there wouldn't have been much more than five points between them. In Supercoach, uh, especially. Uh, you've got a unique situation in a year that one served up the platter so well for Lockie Neal. His uh, first half of the season, Lockie Neal, he's averaging uh, 98% game time. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, yeah he dropped away um, um, a little bit. I think he only ended up with about 92%. Yeah. Um, but Patrick Cripps had 84% game time this year. Yeah. Uh, he was he was banged up. He received a lot of attention. I think that attention frees up, and I think the intention attention for Lockie Neal will only increase. Yeah, it's an interesting. So, so that's the super coach question. I have the AFL fantasy one, and I know you're you're a um, potentially a kick away from uh, winning AFL fantasy a few seasons ago. We're not going to talk yes, about that. Thanks or for Nick reminding Rewalt. me. We're not going to mention no. either of those two players. <laughs> Please don't. For you. 
but but I'm intrigued. Is Patrick Cripps the perfect round one vice captaincy option in that format? Um, the reason I mention it in that format is last three years he's gone 130, 101, and a 92 this year, which is an adjusted 115. Is he's the kind of guy where you go, I'm going to take him knowing that Richmond just let guys go. Um, I'll take that vice captaincy loophole, even just for the one game. Um, and then know that I don't have to maybe spend up for a McRae or for a Neil or for one of these bigger mids because I've got a round one captaincy score. Is that the right way to play that format of the game too? Well, I'll currently show you my team because Patrick Cripps is my second midfielder after Tom Mitchell and he's got the VC on him already. Uh, ready, fired to go. And it's the perfect thing. And this is where you look at the value and then you look at the matchups. What's Cripps? Potential kryptonite, it's actually um, um, the, the heavy tag that comes because he's the only one there. Richmond do not tag. No. Uh, he's got a proven track record. He's nice and fresh, obviously, because of the shoulder reconstruction. I want to make sure I'm seeing him in the, in the community competition to start with. Once I see him playing good footy or getting some minutes, we know he's right and off you go. Uh, perfect. And again, I talk about this. This is great value to have someone that is potentially, he's not definitely, but he's potentially a top eight midfielder. And seeing the Western Bulldogs have all done us a favour by complicating the issue. Yeah, He's gone from being a discussion of a, a top 10 to top 12 midfielder to be potentially a top eight midfielder. Yeah, it's fair enough. If you want to look at what the opening four weeks for Carlton look like, they do have Richmond round one. They've got Collingwood again, generally notorious for not Chick. having anyone that plays that tagging role. Round three, Fremantle. Again, they've used it time to time, but not too often. Probably round four would be the first time, and that's where they come up against the Gold Coast Suns. So maybe a Hugh Greenwood, maybe, if you really want to flirt with it. Port Adelaide's round five. Again, not notorious for, for a tagging role through there. And then Brisbane in round six. Again, not normally known for having a defensive stopper. Maybe Berry could be the one. But again, I'd fancy myself if I'm Patrick Cripps to take on Berry. And then Essendon in round seven. And then round eight. Again, we don't know when some of these games are going to have. But round eight, they come up against the Western Bulldogs. Again, they don't tag. So fixture looks good. It does. Incredible. Um, I might change it to C rather than VC. No, smart move, Thursday game. You, you've got to take that free hit. But, look, this just shows you, you get a real, you get a, a, a player that's costing you um, 92 points um, that is an elite player. He's turned up twice in a season before, so therefore he's underpriced. He's just about to hit, hit the peak of his career yeah. and he's got better players around him you beauty uh let's ride the paddy wave yeah i think so look in super coach for me I, I think it's a it's a real simple selection there's been moments where he's in and out of my side but if you're looking at a matt crouch or a josh kelly or even a clayton oliver as good as they are gonna be for you this year Cripps presents value and a comparable scoring ceiling in those games for you. While in AFL fantasy, you've already heard from the Statesman, he's all aboard the train uh, and in dream team. Again, I don't know if he can go that top tier in dream team of, you know, battling it out with the McRae's and the merits and these sort of guys, but at his price, he doesn't have to. If he yep. can be around that 105 guy for the year um, in dream team and a AFL fantasy, that's a really nice cheap 
M8 for the year. And you're going to take that every single day of the week. When it comes to drafts, though, that's where we've got you on for this episode, mate. Uh, again, each format I know requires a different strategy if you're doing a, an ultimate footy draft as opposed to Supercoach. It might be marginally different where he goes. But where have you tiered him? Um, and where do you think he might actually go in a draft? Yeah, I've got him as a, a tier three midfielder. Now, I say that, and it's the the tiers are very thin here, mm. um, and and that's all thanks to Collingwood and Western Bulldogs for the trade period, yeah. because it really complicated the issue. So I, I actually my, my tier three is very big with a lot of people that have massive upside yeah. or have. Um, been a guaranteed scorer and have got a question mark. So Jack McRae has gone to a, a tier one being a uh, an almost guarantee, you know, one or two midfield mm. selection to actually being in tier three. Now I will say tier three basically starts at selection five for him. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a lengthy sort of group um, because of the situations we're finding in now. Hopefully the pre-season competition gives us a little bit of clarity of what's mm. happening. But as we all know, they sometimes can play a bit of ducks and drakes in that competition too. So I, I'm suggesting that because of the season, most people that are drafting are probably going to hold off on Patrick Cripps. So I reckon you can get him probably late in the second round. And I think it's massive value. So I, I, I'm expecting... Mm. Uh, and I'll be in salary cap if he hits triple figures, then I'm really happy because if we all look at who our M8 is each and every season, yes, we have this ideal that everyone's got 110, yeah. but have a look who really is our M8 when we finish the seasons. Um, and I think you'll be surprised. So if he starts and that runs fantastic, the price mm. is fantastic, the upside is, is massive. Um, if he starts really well, motors along, then I, I won't be considering sideways trading him. Um, and I might find myself with a, a real bargain um, top 10 uh, midfielder. And so if you pick him up at round two, then you've, you, you're picking up basically a, a, an M1 at M2 value. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty good. And look, at, and depending on some drafts, some might be completely scared off him. Gosh, he might even slide into the third round, which yeah, could 12 be. months ago, you'd be going, this is a guy that in super coach, you could build into, he's a top five or definitely a top yeah. 10 pick while in dream team and fantasy. Again, definitely late first round, you're looking at Patty. So the fact that you could get him second is valued, let alone um, if he slides another half round to round beyond that. You're right. There's a huge bit of upside with Patty Cripps this year. Statesman, as always, appreciate your uh, generosity and your kind work jumping on the podcast with us today, mate. Absolute pleasure. Uh, if you want to go and check out his work or the rest of the Draft Doctors, guys, you can go and check out their podcast as well. They drop every single week throughout the pre-seasons. It is ranking season for those boys. So if you're a drafter, regardless of the format, there is plenty of great content there. The draft kit's not far away, as is the Mock Draft Simulator. If you want to go and read the article on Patrick Cripps, it's online now for you at coachespanel.tv. All the links to join our Patreon supporter group, you can find that there, where they are getting 24-hour early early access to these podcast episodes. So yeah, they already knew about Patty 24 hours ago and they already know who is at number 37 right now. If you want to go and check that out or anything else, coachespanel.tv is the place. Until this time tomorrow, well, enjoy your day. We'll chat to you soon. Give it all.